0: This is the EdTech Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you education, information, and inspiration, only on market MarketScale.
1: They're no longer sitting there with a pen and paper. Virtual reality is an interesting medium where students can access a wide range of content. Welcome to another episode of the EdTech Podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Skarhawk. The past two school years have been unprecedented in their difficulty. Students feel it, teachers and administration feel it, and thankfully the uh, U.S. government is providing federal funds to help state and local education agencies meet all of their students' increased learning needs. Now, The federal funds that we're talking about relate to the American Rescue Plan Act and the CARES Act. The American Rescue Plan Act, uh, which began in March 2020, that helps boost students' unfinished learning by providing over 300 billion dollars in COVID relief funds for education. Now, the CARES Act uh, that allows state education agencies to award 2.2 trillion dollars to local agencies through the Elementary and Secondary Schools Emergency Relief, or ESSER, lots of acronyms there. We are going to discuss the federal ESSER stimulus funds with two experts on educational funding, Dr. Karen Ingram and Michelle Kelly of iStation. Now for more than 20 years, iStation has partnered with schools across the country to provide reading, math, and Spanish literacy intervention and instruction. Karen and Michelle, welcome.
2: Hi. Hi, Shelby. Thank you for having
0: us. Of course. Hi, Shelby. Thanks for having
2: us.
1: So let's start by understanding more about the Mm ESSER funds. So, Karen, will you explain the guidelines for these funds and, and the allowable usages?
2: Sure, absolutely. So when we remember that the effort began March 2020, And so we start with that, and then we understand that the funds, and there's three parts here. So the funds for ESSER one under the CARES Act must be used by September 30th of 2022, which is within one year of receiving the funding. The funds will go towards Title I public and non-public schools to address the immediate needs of resources and tools that support remote learning for all students and their teachers. Then there's ESSER two. So with ESSER two, additional funding was added to expand investments on items like addressing learning loss and it names specific areas of implementation. And these funds must be used by September 30th of 2023. Now with ESSER three, the investment amounts for the areas of implementation required percentage allocations to ensure ample amount of money is spent in areas that will address not only learning loss but also high quality assessments evidence based um, activities and then summer learn like like summer learning extended day or and even after school and so with that if you think about it it says that not less than 25% for measuring and addressing learning loss and the funds these funds must be used by September of 2024
1: a lot of a lot of uh, complication there and and, (laughs) uh, especially understanding the the criteria for you know what you can use these funds for so michelle uh, would you walk us through the the four qualifying criteria that state and local education agencies uh, you know have to meet in order to use these funds
0: sure these four areas actually relate to the learning loss and unfinished learning and actually cover how schools can measure and address learning loss, administer and use high quality assessments and progress monitoring tools, provide information and assistance to parents and families, and also track and improve student attendance and engagement. So those are the four
1: areas, the, you know, measuring learning loss, administering assessments and mo- monitoring tools, providing information, assistance to parents and families, and tracking student performance. So. It seems like education technology would be a great solution for these. So let's start with the criteria of measuring and addressing learning loss. Michelle, from a, you know, from an education standpoint, why do schools need to be actively measuring learning loss?
0: So educational research has showed that the learning loss has been significant and has been unprecedented during the pandemic. Istation recently conducted a research that explained the depth of the COVID learning loss. And our study actually found that COVID-19 school closures have contributed to as much as two months of learning loss in reading and up to four to five months of learning loss in math. And this is in addition to the regular one to two months of lost students typically experience during the summer months. The losses were actually most significant in math and became more pronounced at higher grade levels. For example, second graders saw one month of learning loss in math, third graders saw up to two months, and fourth graders saw five months of loss. Further data showed us that students using iStation for remote learning in April and May of 2020 had higher scores in reading by September 2020 than those students who did not use iStation. In addition to that, students in high-poverty schools were actually able to narrow the literacy achievement gap by using iStation for remote learning. So what that means is there really is a connection between blended learning and student achievement.
1: So, and just, I'm curious on your take, you know, when you hear these numbers about, uh, you know, two months for reading and up to five months for math, why is that? so significant? People may say, oh, well, you know, two months, uh, I would have expected worse. Uh, Just from, you know, from your standpoint as an educator, why is that important to understand?
0: I think it's important for a variety of reasons. Um, When we think about data, it's so important to really be able to determine students' academic levels, especially as they begin their return back into the classroom, and having teachers really be intentional with instruction. We know that evidence-based tools will need to not only measure learning loss, but be able to address it as well. And educators not only need the thermometer, but they're going to need the medicine uh, to be easily accessible. And ESSER funds will finance the resources to do this. And schools are going to be exploring a variety of ways to do this with extended learning, whether it be in summer school, after school care, extended day, extended year. So we know that the technology program schools are choosing need to be flexible and robust enough for use across all of the extended learning options available. Using the same technology program actually helps relieve teachers of the burden that comes with using multiple products. It helps uh, teachers really be consistent Um, and have instructional routines in place that are going to maximize their efforts to really address learning that might have been disrupted this past year. And we know that students will be seamlessly able to move from their daily classroom instruction and to extended learning without actually having to learn the structure and the nuances of having various programs.
1: So Karen, uh, with uh, some of the data that iStation has you know, can provide, Um, how do evidence-based tools like iStation help schools not only measure uh, but really address learning loss?
2: Well, that's a very good question. And so first of all, we know that ESSER emphasizes providing support for all learners. And when we consider equity for instruction, educators need access to data for subpopulations because this helps teachers to provide equitable instruction. And when we consider equity, we understand that it's not about addressing students' needs equally, but it's about educators recognizing the unique needs of individual students and then allocating appropriate resources for them. iStation's data identifies instruction within the program that is appropriate for students' unique needs. So when students complete their assessment with iStation, they drop into their own individualized learning path, but then also we push out reports to teachers to allow them to be able to address and target students' needs in small group instruction. And then iStation's, I-Station's data is actionable and it provides educators with grade level and classroom results that can be narrowed to sub-POPs and demographics to help accelerate learning. And of course, we have the resources that support teachers in that effort as well.
1: So um, going back to those, uh, you know, those four criteria, uh, measuring and addressing learning loss, let's talk about administering and using high quality assessments and progress tools. Uh, Karen, you've you've touched on this, but uh, uh, Michelle, can I ask you, you know, because ESSER's funding uh, is to address learning loss um, and assessments and progress monitoring are so important why is it critical to do this these assessments now more than than any other time in any other school year we've had this year
0: that's a great question Shelby so in order to help accelerate learning for students and really close those learning gaps it's really important to know exactly where students are research is showing us that The more data points educators have on a student, the better picture they're able to paint of where those students are in terms of their learning. Some of the states put off summative assessments last school year because of the disruption in learning towards the end of the school year. But as students are slowly returning to schools, teachers are going to need to shift their thinking. What a second grader looked like last year may not be what a second grader looks like at the end of this year. Not only will educators need access to real-time actionable data, they're going to need to use high-quality assessments to produce that data. And these assessments should not be cumbersome to administer and will allow educators to do more frequent temperature checks through continuous progress monitoring. With additional uncertainties around students' abilities, teachers will need the information from continuous progress monitoring to consistently monitor the effectiveness of their core instruction.
1: The third and fourth qualifying criteria for ESSER funds involve providing information for parents and improving student engagement. So this has probably been the most challenging for teachers and administrators these past two school years. So Karen, how does education technology like iStation help solve these challenges?
2: Shelby, first of all, I think we have to keep in mind that when we're educating students, it involves a community. It it Mm -hmm. involves a community of assistance. And so it's not just about that child, but it's also um, we've got the administrators, we've got the teachers, um, and then we also have the parents or guardians. And so iStation provides information and formative data for every stakeholder But we have to keep in mind that each one of these stakeholders needs that information for different reasons. And so we also know that data drives instruction and can benefit all the parties involved in the educational process. But going back to what I said earlier, we need to understand what data does for each of the stakeholders. So when we think about administrators, we know that data will empower them to plan professional development. And that professional development will help teachers to strategize to address grade level needs and prioritize instructional coaching needs to strengthen teacher effectiveness, especially uh, that's going to be crucial as kids come back to school. And then we know that data helps teachers to feel empowered because then they're able, as I said earlier, they're able to use that data to target specific needs, instructional needs of students and provide purposeful instruction. And then of course, students feel empowered because then they take ownership of their learning. You know, in iStation, we even have a feature that allows students to see their actual scores as soon as they complete the assessment, and even see their goals, um, their upcoming goals. And so we make the, we we make them a part of the learning process. And we we know that research shows that when students have ownership of their learning, it boosts their motivation and their engagement. And then finally, when we think about the parents and the guardians, when they get data, and we do have a dedicated, iStation has a dedicated parent portal that allows parents to monitor the growth of their child. There's also resources for parents to use um, within the parent portal, fun, you know, fun stuff like flashcards and games uh, that, that address the specific needs of their child. And we know that with that, Parents are empowered to participate in their child's learning and they're able to stay informed of how their how their child is progressing.
1: Well, you said it. I mean, all of these ways to uh, to create ownership uh, over the education experience and, and, you know, giving students that information, giving them the tools to, you know, see it for themselves, I I think is uh, is a fantastic approach.
2: Absolutely
1: a lot of fantastic information here. So uh, Karen and Michelle, if listeners have questions uh, that they want to reach out, where can they find out more information?
0: That's a great question, Shelby. So listeners can go to www.istation.com forward slash contact, and they will be able to select uh, the appropriate tab to find out more about iStation and how we can help support students.
1: Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining me today.
0: Thank you again. Uh, This
2: is um, I I just love talking about any information that's going to support um,
0: educators and empower kids. Yes. Thank you, Shelby. It's been a wonderful conversation.
1: And thank you listeners for tuning in to this episode of the EdTech podcast. To stay on top of all things EdTech, subscribe to the podcast on Apple or your favorite podcast app to be notified whenever a new episode drops. Until next time, I'm Shelby Skirhawk.